been in this series for about four weeks. Uh, we are in, our, are in our fifth week today, and I'll be closing it out next week. Um, but this series has been getting us to answer the question, uh, how will we stand uh, in a culture that is forever changing? How will we stand in a culture that is forever changing? It's, it's no question that we live in a day and age now where, where things are always changing. Standards are changing. Morals are changing. And, and we have to ask the question within ourselves as, as followers of Jesus, well, how do we stand in that? How do we stand in that? Do we, do we shift as the culture shifts? Do we change as the standard shifts? Like, like, how do we stand in that? How do we manage that? How do we maneuver in that? How do we live in that? Well, we've been going through the book of Daniel uh, for the past few weeks, and we've been seeing an example that has been given to us uh, in the book of Daniel where, where we see where the Israelites were, were, were conquered and, and, and taken over by the Babylonian Empire. And, and out of that, we see this, this, this small remnant, this small group of people, Daniel and a few of his friends, where they are, are, are forced to stand up in loyalty and faithfulness to their God in the midst of a culture that can be hostile towards God, in the midst of a culture that can be hostile towards their beliefs. And so we see them standing up. We see various instances where they are taking stands where it's not popular to take a stand. And so in week one, we asked the question, will we stand up? And in week two, we asked the question, will we stand in faith? And then in week three, we asked, will we stand for truth? And then will we stand strong? And so we've been uh, asking those questions, and hopefully within yourself you've been answering those, and hopefully that's been an encouragement to you. And if you've missed any of the previous messages, uh, I would strongly encourage you to go back and listen on the podcast, uh, go and listen on the website, uh, just so you can get up to speed of what I'm talking about uh, uh, today. But today I'm going to kind of, I'm still asking a question, but, but I'm going to kind of flip the question a little bit, and I want us to answer the question today, where does God stand with you? Where does God stand with you? We've been asking where we stand with God, but now we're going to answer the question, where does God stand with you? And and this is probably the most encouraging uh, of the messages in this series that I know will bless you uh, in, in many, many ways this morning. So I want you just to kind of Stay with me today, and if you're taking notes today, I encourage you to take notes. Uh, Listen, tune in today. You don't want to miss out on what I'm going to say today because I know it will bless you. But now we are in Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. And as I mentioned earlier, Israel at one time, they were taken over captive by the Babylonians. They were exiled from Israel. They were exiled from their homeland. And so the, the, the season that they were in was, was pretty bleak. It was pretty dark. But now in Daniel chapter 10, Daniel is, is now he's roughly in his, he's in his 80s in age. He's in his 80-something years old. And, but at this time, it's interesting because now with a new king and kind of a new season that they've been living in, Israel uh, has been released from their captivity. Israel now can return back to their homeland. And so what appears to be at this time that Israel is experiencing now this this season of peace. They're now starting to rebuild what has been destroyed. And so it, it seems like a really good season for Israel. 
But Daniel receives this vision from the Lord, this prophetic vision from the Lord about Israel. And though they're living in a, in a season of peace, a, maybe a season of joy and rebuilding, Daniel receives a vision from the Lord that is troubling to him. And it's in this vision, this prophetic vision that he receives from the Lord, where he is told that, that, that Israel is going to continue facing war and hardship here in the future. And that Israel is going to continue to be involved in many, many conflicts. So you can imagine and see why this was troubling to Daniel. You can see why he was so troubled by it that the Bible says it, it led him to prayer and fasting. And so what we're going to see is that Daniel, over this vision and prophetic word that he received that was troubling to him, he goes into a state of prayer for, for three weeks, 21 days. Daniel prays and he fasts. And so Daniel chapter 10, we'll begin reading at verse 5. This kind of brings us up to speed to what is going on right now with Daniel and this encounter that he is going to have in the middle of this season and this vision that he has been receiving. In Daniel chapter 10, we'll begin reading at verse 5. Daniel chapter 10, verse 5. Verse 5 says this, I looked up. And there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it. But such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Let's stop right there. And so we see Daniel is receiving this spectacular vision of this man. And I'll explain more uh, a little bit uh, about this vision that he is seeing. But, but it's important to point out that Daniel is not alone. He's actually with a group of people when he receives this vision. And then this vision comes to him, and he's the only one that sees it. But clearly the people that are with him, they, they experience something too. Something was enough for them to be terrified and afraid that they fled and they left the room. And Daniel was alone to receive this vision. Just to kind of give you a sidetrack uh, uh, this morning, I believe that there are some times where God has something special just for you that other people won't understand. Are you following me? Sometimes God has something special just for you that other people won't understand. This happens in churches all over the world. It happens every Sunday morning in churches all over our nation and all over the world. Here's what I mean by that. Uh, uh, I can preach a sermon or a message, and all of you will hear the same sermon, but not everybody will receive it the same. You following me? Right? So I, I, I'll deliver a sermon. Everybody will hear the same sermon, but not everybody receives it the same. And what I mean by that is, for, for some of you, God is going to move in you. He's going to move in you. God is going to stir up something in you by the words that you are hearing. But somebody sitting right next to you can be thinking about what they're going to have for lunch, right? 
And I know because I've been in both those seats. I've been in the seat where I felt like the the, the preacher was preaching directly to me, like it was just impacting me. I was receiving it like, yes, God, yes. Sometimes it's moving me to tears because I'm like, this is for me. And then I've been in the other seat where I'm like, yo, them Texas Roadhouse Rolls are calling my name. Like they just glisten, they're so shiny and they're so good and warm and fresh. Like, like I can be in the middle of a sermon, in the middle of, of sitting in a message, thinking about Texas Roadhouse. It happens all the time. Like some of you right now are like, I wasn't thinking about Texas Roadhouse, but I am now. But sometimes God has something special just for you that other people won't understand. We see this in the case of Daniel. There were people that were with him, but clearly not everything was for everybody. It was clearly just for Daniel. And so let's continue reading verse 8. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. Stop right there. Initially, when I first read that, I was like, so was D- Daniel bored of what was going on? Because he, he says he fell into a deep sleep. Now, like, as you dig deeper into the original language, as you dig deeper into this text, what you discover is Daniel was so overwhelmed by the presence of God, so overwhelmed, that his body grew weak. So weak, he had no more energy left, or literally uh, all, all his energy left, all his strength left, and he fell into a deep sleep, like he passed out face down to the ground. That's how overwhelming the presence of God is. Now, what I like to believe is when I see any of you fall asleep while I'm preaching, I'm believing that it's just the presence of God is just so deep. Ain't that right, Joe? Right? It's just so deep. That you just can't help yourself. You're just out of energy and out of strength. And so Daniel is, is depleted of his energy and his strength because he's experiencing the presence of God. Now, I, I, some people think that this was a, what they call a Christophany, where, where this was like Jesus in the Old Testament that he's seen. But, but I don't believe that. And I'll explain why here in a moment why I don't believe that. But I do believe it was an angel, a, 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 a messenger from the Lord, and obviously a carrier of the presence of God. And, and, and what, what you discover about the presence of God is that the presence of God is so heavy that even the strongest of men cannot even bear the weight. Like, like, has anybody here ever experienced the tangible presence of God? And, and if you have been, or you say, well, I don't really know what, that sounds kind of spooky to me. That sounds kind of weird. Well, let me, let me explain what I mean. There, there, there have been moments in my life, and I've, and I've experienced this before, there have been moments in my life where I became so consumed and overwhelmed by the presence of God that, that the Holy Spirit was like convicting me of a sin in my life. And I was just so overwhelmed by the presence of God, I was grieving over my sin because I was in his presence. And I just kind of buckled down and you just start just weeping and grieving over your sin and the conviction, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Not, con- not condemning in any way, just, just you feel it like you're grieved over it. That's That's the weight of the glory of God. That's the presence of God, right? And then other times it can be complete opposite where you can be so overwhelmed with the presence of God that there is this extreme measure of joy on the inside of you where now you're weeping, but you're weeping tears of joy. 
You're just so happy. You're so joyful of being in his presence. And you begin, you begin to weep and be excited over just being, by being a, a bum rush by the grace of God. Like there's those moments too. And then there are moments where you just walk into a place or you're in an atmosphere of worship or whatever what's going on in that moment and you just can't stand anymore. And you just have to get on your knees before God. Because again, the presence of God is so heavy, the strongest of men can't even lift its weight. And so Daniel is clearly experiencing this. He is encountering this, where this encounter with God, the presence of God is so overwhelming to him that he, he's lost all his energy. He's lost all his strength. And he says, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. And so now I want to get into the question, where does God stand with you? And I believe over the next few verses, we're going to see this, and we're going to get a, a, a clear picture of where God stands with you as we see where he stands with Daniel. And so let's continue reading on here. Daniel uh, chapter 10, verse 10 says, Then a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. Uh, when, when he says a hand touched me, it's not just literally a hand just touching him, but, but if you get into the original language, you see there was kind of like a, a, a shaking a little bit. Like, like you know how you, somebody's passed out and you're like trying to bring them to, you're just kind of shaking them a little bit. That's what's going on here. It wasn't just a touch. It was literally like a shaking. He, Daniel was out. He was out. It says the hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said, Daniel, get this, you who are highly esteemed, other translations you may have may say, you who are precious to God or greatly loved by God, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Stop right there. So you want to you know where God stands with you? The Bible says that he, he, he touched Daniel. He got Daniel up, and this messenger said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, or you who are precious to God, precious to God, what does that mean? Number one, write this down. You want to know where, you, where God stands with you? Write this down. Number one, God cares about you more than you do. God cares about you more than you do. How do we know that? Well, look at what he tells Daniel. Daniel, you are precious to God. Meaning I don't just love you, I love you. You are highly esteemed. You are highly esteemed. You are precious to me. And I don't know who needs to hear that this morning, but you need to be reminded today that you are precious to God. And let me just go a step further. Like, I love all of you. But it's not the same kind of love that I have for my wife and my daughters. It's different. Like, like there's a next level love that I have for my wife and my daughters. Though I love all of you, my wife and my daughter's love is, is, is next level. It's, it's different. In the same way, your love for your sons and your daughters is different than everybody else. 
Like, like I love you, but I really, really deeply, highly, affectionately love my wife and my girls. Are you following me? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, not only does God love you, he really likes you. He really likes you. Why? You are precious to him. You are precious to him. And I need you to keep that in mind today because there are some of you that are believing the lies of the devil in that the sin that is going on in your life, the addiction that you are dealing with right now, the struggles that you are struggling with right now, the devil has got you believing that because of your sin, because of your addiction, because of your struggle, that God loves you less. And you think that every time that you sin, every time that you mess up, every time that you you give in to that addiction, that God's love meter is going down and down and down and down. Forget that lie of the devil. God says you are precious to him. God's love for you does not change. God cares for you more than you care about yourself. The word is very clear. Romans 8.38, neither death nor life, angels nor demons, neither present or future, nothing, there is absolutely nothing that can separate you from the love of God. There's no addiction that you have right now that can separate you from God's love. There's no sin struggle right now that you're dealing with that can separate you from the love of God. Because God cares about you more than you care about yourself. You are precious to him. You are valuable to him. You are greatly loved by God. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. Let's continue reading verse 12. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Stop. Okay, so now he's telling Daniel, look, since the first day you started praying and fasting, the first word that came out of your mouth, I heard you. The first day you started praying is the first day we started moving. Day one. Day one. But he goes on to say, but as we were on mission, as we were coming to you, the prince of Persia, this this prince of Persia is referring to this demonic force, this demonic uh, 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 force that rose up against them to prevent them from getting to Daniel. This is why I feel this wasn't Jesus, because Jesus wouldn't have had a problem with the prince of Persia. 
But we see here that this, this messenger, this angel, some believe it was the angel Gabriel. We don't really know that for sure, but he did uh, speak to Daniel in previous visions. But, but we see here that, that this angel, this, this prince of Persia, this demonic force rose up against the messenger. And the Bible says here that they told him, for 21 days we warred against this demonic force. And this force was so strong, I had to call in one of my buddies, Michael the Archangel. He came in, and it was then that I was able to get to you. So what does that mean for us? Well, you want to know where, you, where God stands with you? Well, not only does God care for you more than you do, but, but another thing that we need to understand about how God stands with us is that God is doing more for you than you will ever understand. God is doing more for you than you will ever understand. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but there is a spiritual realm that is among us. There is literally a good versus evil happening. This is not a sci-fi movie. This is not a horror movie. This is not fantasy. The reality is there are angelic and demonic forces at war right now as we speak. And another thing that may shock some of you is that there is demonic forces that desire to take you out. They want to destroy you. They don't want to see you fulfill the plans and purposes God has for your life. Ephesians 6.12 is pretty clear, right? For we don't wrestle in flesh and blood. Like, like this isn't a, a, a physical flesh and blood type fight that we've got going on. There is a spiritual fight that is happening. There are demonic forces that exist. And he's telling Daniel, hey Daniel, since the first day you prayed, man, we heard you and we moved, but man, we encountered demonic activity. We encountered a demonic force. And for 21 days, we fought to get to you. And thank God we got to you. And what that tells me is that God is doing more for us than we would ever understand. There is so much God is doing for you in the background that you will never know about. So much. There are some of you in here this morning that have been praying for something a very, very long time. You've been believing God for something that you haven't seen the answer to yet. And you've prayed, and you've prayed, and you've prayed, and at times you feel foolish. At times you may feel like, why bother? God's not even hearing me. Why should I continue praying? But just because we don't see activity, just because we don't see God doing something doesn't mean he's not moving. We sing the song Waymaker, and it says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Like, like that's what Daniel experienced. Even though I don't see you, God, even though I, I don't see uh, the answer to my prayer, even though I don't see activity, it doesn't mean God is not moving on your behalf. God is doing more for us than we would ever understand. There is a fight for you right now that you don't even see. That's how God feels about you. 
when I read this passage, I'm reminded uh, of a time that I was uh, helping my daughter, Elena, my youngest daughter, Elena, uh, kind of get over her fear of water, get over her fear of water. And so initially when we first got her into a pool, the whole time, this, the whole time she would be in the pool, she would be clinging to me or clinging to Nancy. She did not want to let go. And so as she got a little older, you know, we, we, she, we finally got to a place where we put a life jacket on her. And so I'm like, baby, you got a life jacket now. Like, you're good. You know, you don't, you don't need to cling on me. You let go and start paddling your hands and start kicking your feet like you're going to stay above water. And she's like, nope, 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 don't let go, don't let go, nope, don't let go. Well, finally one day we're at a water park and we're in the lazy river. And, and if you know what a lazy river is, it's just a nasty body of water that is just taking you around the park. And we were in this water as a family, we're all in there, and, and here my daughter is just clinging to me. I'm like, baby, like this is super fun. Just, just let go, and the water's going to take you. You have your life jacket on. You're going to be good. You're going to be all right. Nope, 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 nope. And I'm like, oh, you're, you're missing out on this experience. Like, like get off me. Like, just start, start getting in the water. You've got a life jacket on. You're good. And so finally, just in a moment, she just let go. And she started paddling her hands and kicking her feet. And she's smiling. She's like, Dad, look at me. Look at me. I'm swimming. I'm swimming, Dad. Look at me. Look at me. And I'm like, yeah, baby, you're doing good. You're doing good. And she's swimming and smiling on her face and just, just joy on her face. But all the while, what she did not know is that my hand had the back of her life jacket the whole time. And that it was because of my hand that I was keeping her above the water. Had I let go, she wasn't paddling right. She wasn't kicking right. Had I let go, her face would have gone underwater and she probably would have gotten scared and, and started clinging to me the rest of our time there. But because I was holding her above the water, she didn't see my hand. She didn't even know what I was doing. All she knew at that moment was she was swimming. And it's the same with God. Some of you need to come to the realization that it's God's hand alone that is keeping you above the water. You're paddling, you're kicking, you're, you're, I'm doing some things, I'm doing some things, I'm, I'm, I'm the one that's, that's surviving, I'm the one that's making it, and God's like, yeah, yeah, keep on swimming. Keep on thinking you've got it, yeah, okay, okay, enjoy, enjoy. But ultimately, it's my hand that's got you. God is doing more for you than you would ever understand. You want to know where you stand with him? Remember that truth. And for those of you that, are, that have been praying for many, many days and countless hours and shed many tears, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. And so this messenger reminds Daniel, he's like, look, we heard you. We came, but... We face some confrontation. We face the fight. Until I called Michael, one of the chief princes, and he came to help me. But because of that, I was able to come to you. God was doing way more for you than you would ever understand. Let's continue reading. Let's jump down to verse 17. How can I, your servant talk with you, my Lord. My strength is gone. This is Daniel talking. My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. 
Do not be afraid, you who are highly esteemed, you who are precious to God, you who are valuable. Do not be afraid, he said. Peace. Be strong now. Be strong. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. This is such a great depiction of the heart of Father God. Such a great depiction of how he feels about us. Daniel was weak. He had no strength. He couldn't even stand on his own. And he pleads with God. God, my strength is gone. And I I can't even breathe right, right now. Like I'm so overwhelmed. But it was in that moment that this messenger from the Lord touched him, touched him. And it was out of that touch, it was out of that encounter that he was strengthened again. And so what does that mean for us? Well, not only does God care for you more than you do, and not only is God doing more for you than you would ever understand, but what we need to come to the realization of is that God's strength, is made perfect in your weakness. God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. See, here's the thing. Until you embrace and understand your weaknesses, you'll never truly appreciate and understand God's strength. See, society and culturally, like like we're not supposed to show weakness. That's why most of the times when people ask you how things are going, nine times out of ten, you're going to say, oh, I'm fine, I'm good, how are you doing? But studies show that the that, that, that vast majority of people that are struggling, that are dealing with issues, that are dealing with drama in their own life, studies show the majority of people that are going through things, when they are asked that question, are never going to tell you what they're really going through. They're going to say, I'm fine. Let's just keep it moving. But as the household of faith, as followers of Jesus, there's a paradox to that. Because, see, now it's okay to admit your weaknesses. Because, see, when you admit your weaknesses, you're bringing spotlight and glory to the strength of God. We see this with the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul was dealing with this, what they call this, this, this thorn in his flesh. Now, we don't know what this thorn was, and I'm really, really glad that the Bible doesn't tell us. Otherwise, we'd be like, yeah, Paul's thorn was dead. I'm glad I don't have that. But he doesn't tell us what this thorn is. Because I believe that every single one of us has a thorn. Every single one of us has that one thing in our life, or maybe two things, or three things in our lives that we know are, 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 are hindering us and, and weakening us. And so Paul has this thorn in his flesh. He has this thorn in his side, and he's dealing with this struggle, this weakness, this sickness, whatever it is. 2 Corinthians 12, 8, this is Paul saying, he says, three times, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from you. Any, from me, anybody else ever plead with God to take something away from you? 
Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God's strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. My question to you this morning is, what are your weaknesses? See, our our, our biggest detriment to really flourishing in life is that we, we conceal our weaknesses. We conceal our weaknesses because we are afraid of what others would say about us if we disclosed our weaknesses. And I don't know what your weaknesses are. Some have the same weaknesses. Some have different weaknesses. You may, have, you may have a pride issue. You may have a lust issue. You may have whatever it may be. You may be dealing with some things right now that you say, man, Chris, if anybody found this out about me, I am done. I am over. And here Paul is saying, look, I boast in my weaknesses. In other words, I disclose my weaknesses. I expose my weaknesses. Why? Because it's in that that the strength of God is seen. It's in that that the power of God can be put on display. It's in that, in my weakness, it's in my struggle. This very thing that I've been pleading with God to take away from me. And God didn't say, okay, Paul, I'm taking it away from you now. No, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Meaning my grace is more than enough that you need. And so this weakness, this thorn may not be taken away from you. But you can rest assured from day to day to day to day. My grace is there on Monday. My grace is there on Tuesday. My grace is there on Wednesday. My grace is there on Thursday. My grace is there on Friday. My grace is there on Saturday. My grace is there today on Sunday. My grace is sufficient for you. And so why, why don't we boast in our weaknesses more? Because see, weaknesses, when you boast in your weaknesses, that's not you being excited and happy for your weaknesses. That's you saying, hey, man, I've, I've got struggles. Man, I'm really dealing with some things. But you know what? These things that I'm dealing with, these weaknesses that I'm dealing with, these things that are, are like, like, they seem like they're, 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 I can't get rid of, that I, I ask the Lord to get rid of, these things that I'm, I'm, I'm up against, man, I fight them every single day. And like I tell you all the time, man, the victory is in the fight. The very fact that you fight means you're winning. And so you may not have overcome these certain things that are going on in your life right now. You may not have overcome these weaknesses or these addictions or whatever you've got going on right now. But let me tell you something. Don't stop fighting. Why? Because God's strength, God's grace will be displayed in your life. 
Daniel couldn't even stand. Daniel had nothing left to give. Daniel was depleted. But it was one touch from the presence of God that gave him his strength again. And I say the same thing to you this morning, that one touch, one encounter with the presence of God can give you all the strength that you need. I don't care what you're struggling with. I don't care what you're dealing with. But let's not act like we don't have issues. I tell people all the time, this flesh that I got right here on my body is just as rotten as the next man. I just have the strength to fight it because it's not my strength. It's his. It's his. And so you want to know where you stand with God? You want to know how God feels about you? And he cares about you more than you do. You are precious to him. And he is doing more for you than you will ever understand. There is so much going on in the background that you don't see that he is working in your life. Right now as you sit here in church, you can come on up, Dennis. Right now as you sit here in this moment, I believe God has something special just for you. Just to remind you that you are deeply loved by him. Just to remind you that though you don't see anything, doesn't mean that he's not working. And just to remind you that God's strength is made perfect in your weaknesses. And he loves you. He loves you. He does. He loves you. And all of your weaknesses and all of your frailties, all of your issues, all of your dirt. He loves you. He sees everything. Everything that is surface and everything that is deep. That very thing that you keep hidden in secret that you pray nobody else ever, ever sees, he sees that too. And the fact that he still sees that and he still loves you shows you what kind of God he is. So wherever you're at today, whatever's been discouraging you, whatever's been weighing you down, I pray that this word lifted you up. I pray that you walk out of here today knowing you are loved by God, knowing you are precious to him.